members meeting this afternoon. Um, we, I suppose, in the Association of Baptist Churches, would love you to come and join our association and maybe make that 118 or 119 or 120. I'll tell you about that a little bit later on. Churches in our association, but more than that, that you can become part of what we're doing together and, and strengthen what we're doing together by being part of it here on the island of Ireland, uh, in France, in Peru, and in Spain. And so thank you very much for the warm welcome. We're going to turn to God's Word together. Now, boys and girls, I've got a box up here, um, and there's something in the box, alright? And if you're really good, when we're looking at God's Word together, I will let you know what's in the box. And then once you know what's in the box, I'm going to rely on all of you to make sure that I don't forget to bring what's in the box with me when I'm leaving, okay? So here's the deal. If you're really good now, I will let you know what's in the box. And then afterwards, when I'm having the tea and coffee and all the rest, and I need to wave goodbye, I'll be relying on all of you to say to me, Mervyn, have you remembered what was in the box? So will you do that for me? Okay, I need you to be my memory and say, Mervyn, have you remembered what's in the box? So I do apologize before it happens. Depending on how long I speak for and how long we finish, I will need to dash away fairly quickly after our service is over this morning because I'm due at a commissioning service for a young couple who've gone to France with the mission. And that service starts at 6 o'clock in a church in the north. So I've got to be there in the round the time that starts. I might not be there until right at the beginning, but I do need to be there during that service. So if I leave and you're thinking, he's a bit of a you know, strange guy, he's sort of fucked off. It's not me, take it. I, I'm usually last to leave uh, church services because I like the tea and the coffee and the bones and whatever else is going. And um, so part of me this morning, I may have to leave in a hurry. We're going to turn to God's Word. We're going to read Psalm 145 uh, together, please. Psalm 145. Oh, sorry, thank you, Kenneth. Put on my Thank you. You're a patient man. Thank you. Sorry about that. Psalm 145. And we're going to read from verse 1. I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall commend your works to another, and shall declare your mighty acts. On the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works, I will meditate. They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds and I will declare your greatness. They shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all. And his mercy is over all that he has made. All your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord. And all your saints shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power. To make known to the children of man your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. And your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord is faithful in all his words and kind in all his works. 
The Lord upholds all who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand. You satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of the desire of those who fear him. He also hears their cry and saves them. The Lord preserves all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord. And let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. Let's just pray and ask for God's help again as we turn to his word. Father in heaven, we thank you for the freedom to meet in this building together this morning. We thank you for your word, Lord, available in a language that we can understand. We ask that your Holy Spirit, who caused this book to be written in the first instance, would be our teacher now. And lead us further into all truth, we pray. And ultimately, may your name and the name of your Son be glorified and honored amongst us today, we ask for Jesus' sake. Amen. Amen. Where the psalm comes in, in the book of Psalms, in that fifth book, there are, the psalms are kind of split into five books. It's, it's the first of, of six psalms of praise, and it's the only psalm that actually has the word praise in its title. You'll see there a song of praise of David. It's preceded by five psalms of prayer. And I don't know about you, but but uh, I'm good at praying. I'm not great at actually stopping and thanking God for answers to prayer along the way. And I think that's something we need to do. But whatever, prayer probably always precedes praise. But praise should always definitely come after prayer. And what a what a moment for me even to be praising God this morning as I stand here in front of you, seeing what God has done in bringing this new church into existence. But this is a psalm written by David who was an earthly king, but he's praising and exalting and exhorting us to praise and glorify not an earthly king, but his heavenly king. David knew that he was an earthly king with a limited reign. He was only here for a short space of time. But he's inviting us to bring praise and glory and honor to him whose kingdom lasts forever. Look at verse 13 for a moment. He says, your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures throughout all generations. Now, a little bit of homework for you. We haven't time to do it this morning, but take some time maybe this afternoon or later on in the week and count up all the alls that you find in Psalm 145. I've just given you one and your dominion endures throughout all generations. But you can look for the rest of them uh, as you go through your week. It's a song that is full of personal praise. David begins the psalm by saying, I will exalt you, my God and King. He has a personal relationship with his God that he's exhorting us all to worship. He's not a distant, unknown God. He's a God who David has come to know, to know personally. And he says, I will exalt you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. But the psalm ends with with corporate praise, where the psalmist says, My mouth, again, personal, will sing the praise of the Lord, and let all flesh, or let all peoples, or let all nations bless his holy name. And again, it's for it's with eternal praise forever and ever. The psalmist praises him daily in verse 2. Every day I will bless you and praise your name 
forever and ever. So there's daily praise, but there's also eternal praise. This earthly king who people bowed before and honored him and, if you like, gave him praise and adoration because he was an earthly king with an earthly crown, recognized that the king, the God he's speaking of, is one whose praises. Yes, he should be singing every day of his earthly life, as we should be too, but also he'll be singing his praises forever and ever. He's the same psalmist who wrote Psalm 23. And at the end of that psalm, he says, And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That sense of being with God forever. Well, there's four brief things. And boys and girls, if some of you can can write and spell, you can maybe take notes on these if you want to as well. But there's four brief things I want to bring out about God that we find in this psalm. And Shane's already brought us to this truth by reading Psalm 96 this morning. The first thing I want to say is, and it's very clearly in verse 3, that God is great. God is great. Look what the psalmist says in verse 3. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable, or can't be quantified. It's, it's, it's limitless. Um, our God is a great big God. The children's chorus used to sing, who knows that song, our God is a great big God. Oh, one or two people do, yes. Uh, Sarai does. We maybe get Sarai to sing it after the service. Our God is a great big God. But the psalmist says, Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Uh, and his greatness is unsearchable. He knew him as the self-existent God, as the all-powerful, all-knowing, almighty God. He knew him as the creator of the universe. When I consider your heavens, the work of your hands, he says, What is man that you are mindful of him in Psalm 8? He says in Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God. He knew this God to be great. And because he's great, he deserves to be praised greatly. He deserves to be praised eternally. Can I ask you this morning in Passage Baptist, as you begin to meet here and worship together and serve together, how great is your God this morning? How great is your God? You see, the world wants to, wants to put God in a box, to domesticate God, to control God. People don't mind having a God that you can put on the shelf or in a picture and you can control and carry about and, and, and you know, he, you're in charge of it. But the God of the Bible is the God who is self-existent, all-powerful, all-knowing. The God who created this universe by the word of his power. Read Genesis chapter 1. Six times it says, and God said. And six times it said, and it was so. God spoke and this universe came into being. The Lord Jesus, when he was on earth, in the midst of the storm and the sea, spoke. And the sea became calm and still. See, many in our society and culture paint a picture of God like an old man with a beard on a rocking chair. It doesn't mean everybody like Brendan, as old as Brendan who have beards, by the way. Um, but an old man with a beard and a rocking chair, looking down at the world maybe he made, and wishing he could really do something about it. But really, his hands are tied behind his back. He can't really do anything about this world that he has made. Brothers and sisters, this morning, the God of Scripture, the God who's revealed himself in the pages of Scripture, the God who's revealed himself ultimately in the person of his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, is the God who's created this universe, who sustains this universe who rules and reigns over this universe that he has made. The Lord Jesus came into the world as the one who created the universe. We sing in that hymn, don't we? The great creator became our savior. 
And he rose from the dead. He's the risen king. He's reigning today on his throne. He's the reigning king. And we've sung already this morning. And praise God for those songs. And I've learned a new song this morning as well. And I want to get the words before I leave. He's coming soon as the returning king. The king of kings and lord of lords. Our God this morning is great and greatly to be praised. How big is your God? The God, the God of Scripture is one to whom we, should, we will spend eternity worshipping and adoring for who he is and what he's done. And that's what we've come together to do this morning. And that's what we are called to do when we leave here this morning. You've been in First Peter as a church over the last number of weeks and months. And what does Peter say in chapter 2? You are a chosen people, a holy nation, a royal priesthood, a people belonging to God. That you may do what? That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And brothers and sisters, this morning, you need to leave this place. If you belong to the Lord Jesus this morning, if you're a child of God, if you belong to him, to go out into this world where his name is blasphemed and mocked, where his existence is denied by many, and go and declare the praises of your great God uh, here in Passage West and, of course, to the nations as well. Personally, uh, we need to do it, and collectively we need to do it. Look what uh, the psalmist says in verse 4. Here is mission. You want a definition of mission in a nutshell? Here it is in verse 4. One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. On the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works I will meditate. They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds and I will declare your greatness. They shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. What is mission? One generation commending your works to another. So if you're a parent here this morning or you're going to become parents in the not too distant future. What an awesome responsibility and privilege you have to pass on this knowledge of God and who He is and who has come and who's come in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, who's lived and died and rose again, commending Him to the next generation. If you're a Sunday school teacher this morning, you are on mission. As you take God's word week by week, and sometimes maybe it can be very frustrating and you're wondering if the kids listening, is it getting in at all? But you know what? You are faithfully commending God, His truth and His word to that younger generation and passing on the good news of the gospel to the next generation to hear. That is mission. And if you're a parent, you're a Sunday school teacher, involved in youth work, Friday night, what is it? Family Friday. I, that's the first time I've heard Shane using that phrase. But what a, like, you know, Joe Duffy has Friday, five, five or Friday, doesn't he? Right? Where people go out and spend a five in the shops. But what about Family Friday? Imagine this church on mission. Not just on Friday, because obviously you're going to have to do what Shane asked you earlier and get to know your neighbors and befriend them and be as enthusiastic as Shane is about coming on Friday night to, in order to draw people to come along. Obviously God ultimately does that. But imagine. Friday nights here in this building in Passage West as children may become, as families come, as teenagers come and they hear the good news about Jesus Christ and they hear how he came and he died upon a cross for sinful people. How through his death upon the cross we sang earlier, our sins can be forgiven, we can be made right with God, we can be restored into a relationship with him. Imagine how Family Friday here in Passage West could become Mission Friday 
uh, as we see people coming to know the Lord Jesus, as that one generation commends what God has done to the other and tells of his mighty acts. And you see, listen, it is a personal thing for the psalmist. He says, look at verse 6, and I will declare your greatness. But it's also a collective thing because he says in verse 6, they shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds. And in verse 7, they shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness. So here's the thing, friends, and, and again, this is a decision for you later on as a church. But as I understand it in Ephesians 4, the role of the pastor, teacher, and Shane and others who teach God's word here, their role, is, according to Ephesians 4, is to equip the saints for works of ministry. So as you gather here on a Sunday morning to praise and worship God and to hear from God's word, as God's word is faithfully exposited and taught, you're being equipped, you're being trained to go back out into the world that hates God, there's no time for him, equipped to go and bring God's truth to others. But the reason why it's not just Shane's job or Brendan's job is because you've got neighbors. Shane and Brendan will never meet. You've got friends and family, work colleagues, people at school that Brendan and Shane will never come across. And so it's not the role of the person up the front or the person who's been paid to do the job. It's all of our jobs to be involved in making the gospel known, making mission known, making our great God known. God is great. But come with me to verses 8 and 9 for a moment because not only is God great, but God is gracious. Look what the psalmist says. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all and his mercy is over all that he has made. You see, the psalmist David knew what it was to sin against God and to sin big time. He confesses in Psalm 51, against you, O God, have I sinned and done that which is evil in your sight. He knew that he was born in sin. He knew that he was conceived in sin. He knew that he came into this world with a nature that was automatically his, his, his default button was to be in rebellion against God. And he wrote in another psalm, if you, O Lord, kept a record of sins, O Lord, who could stand? Psalm 130. But then he goes on to say, but with you, there is forgiveness. See, friends, this morning, whoever you are, and I agree with James, like a taste of heaven when we come from different backgrounds, different nationalities, different places. Because we're a taste of what it's going to be one day when the Lord Jesus returns and gathers his people to himself from every tribe and kindred and tongue and nation. But here's the thing. Wherever you're from, whatever your background, whatever religion you grew up in, the God of the Bible says we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There's none of us who by ourselves can begin ourselves right with God, who can earn our way or buy our way or merit our way into a relationship with Him. Let me ask you a question now. Um, I would say I'm not particularly fit, but supposing, supposing you and I uh, were being chased by a wild uh, tiger or lion through the jungle, right? And we come to a chasm and it's a hundred feet wide. Now, I might look at that and go, do you know what? I'm quite unfit. unfit. I could do it losing a lot more weight. I haven't really been in the training room. So I could maybe jump 20 feet. And now it's 100 feet wide. Am I going to make it, Simeon, if I can jump 20 feet? No, I'm not. Now there's John 
Uh, and John Don might say, look, Reverend, step aside, step aside, old man, right, okay, you know, I'm the mean, lean, fighting machine, and uh, I'm going to get across this, you know, and uh, my doctor wife looks after me, makes sure I'm fit and healthy, right, you know, I can jump 60 feet, that's three times you, Reverend, I'm better than you, I'm going to get across there, 60 feet, now, Simeon, well, I might let somebody else answer, but that's okay, what's your name, Pedro? So Pedro, it's a hundred feet wide. John Don says he's better than me. He can jump 60 feet. Is he going to make it? No, he's not. Is a tiger going to get him as well? Yes, it is. Now, who's left? Is there anybody who reckons they're fitter than John Don? Okay, Steve Keating, we see. <laughs> right, okay. Steve Keating says, listen, lads, the technique's all wrong. I've studied this, you know. I, I, I've, re- I've read all the books. I know all the stuff, right? Snap aside, John Don. You may be fit and lean and, and I don't know, maybe a couple of years, I don't know what they, right? Okay, here I am, right? And, and uh, Steve says, listen, you know, I've got a special machine as well in the States that nobody else knows about. I'm going to get, I'm going to, I'm going to go across 90 feet. Is he going to make it? No. No. And friends, you know what? That's the same fallacy when people think whatever their religious background, Whatever deeds they've done, whatever good they seek to offer to God, brothers and sisters, friends this morning, no matter how good we may think we are, and I'm sure there's people that you know and you think, well, I'm not as bad as him. I might not be as good as that fellow, but I'm not as bad as them. But you know what? The Bible says we'll all fall short. None of us are going to make it. But here's the lovely thing. The gracious and merciful God that the psalmist came to know is one who he knew had promised to deliver, promised that in the Garden of Eden when man had done his worst and sinned against God and rebelled against him, he promised that through the seed of a woman someone would come who would undo the damage that was done in the Garden of Eden. He would ultimately be a descendant of David. And remember when the angels came to the shepherds as we think about at Christmas time and said, Do not fear unto you this day. A Savior has been born in the city of David. A descendant of David would come. His name is Jesus. And he came into this world. He said himself, I haven't come to call the righteous. I haven't come to call people who think that they're self-righteous, that their good deeds, that their religion can make them right with God. They were the people actually that if you read the gospel accounts, Jesus had the most trouble and fights and arguments with were the religious people of his own day. But he said, I've come not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And Samus David, who confessed his sin to God, who acknowledged his failure, who acknowledged he deserved God's uh, uh, um, righteous wrath and anger, and to be cast away from him, also found in that same God, a Savior, one who forgave him for his sins. He could say, but with you there is forgiveness. He knew the joy of knowing that as far as the east is from the west, so far have you removed my transgressions from me. He knew the God who is gracious. Can I ask you this morning, I've asked you how great is your God. Can I ask you this morning, do you know, have you tasted, have you experienced the gracious work of God in forgiving you for your sins, in knowing that you've been made right with him through faith in the Lord Jesus? Can I ask you this morning, are you trusting in Christ? Are you resting in him? If you think this morning, do you know what, Mervyn? You might be a bad person. Maybe you need a savior, but you know what? I'm okay. Can I say to you honestly this morning, you're looking in the wrong place if you're comparing yourself to other people. Compare yourself to the Lord Jesus Christ, who the Father from heaven said, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. 
He was the sinless, spotless Son of God who never said a wrong word, who never thought a wrong thought, who never did a wrong deed. And none of us, no matter who you are this morning, no matter what your background, can ever compare with Him. We fall short of the glory of God. And the Bible says our sin ultimately will lead to death, not just physical death, but eternal death separated from God forever. Because just as the psalmist says, he will praise God's name forever and ever. He says towards the end in verse 20, the Lord preserves all who love him, but all, and there's another all that I've given you a second and a third one, but all the wicked he will destroy. And friends, this morning the Bible teaches that it's appointed unto man once to die, but after death, the judgment. But God is gracious. And as you come to this church, as you listen to God's word being shared, what you'll hear again and again and again is that we need to come to Jesus Christ and put our faith and trust in him. He is the Savior. He is the only Savior. But he can save unto the uttermost all who come unto God through faith in him. God is great. God is gracious. My time is going. God is good. Look on and look. We'll just very quickly look at these. God is good. Look what he says in verse 14. The Lord upholds all who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand. You satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his works. God is good. And this morning, maybe you're wounded. Maybe you're bowed down. Maybe you're struggling with something nobody else in this room knows about. Do you know, again, as you've been looking in Peter, God calls us to cast all our cares upon him. And if you're a believer here this morning, he cares for you. He knows what you're going through. He's the God, the great God who knows everything. He knows the very situation and circumstances you're experiencing in your life today. And the great thing about God is while He is a great God, while He's the creator of the universe, while He sustains this world by the word of His power, He's intimately concerned about the details and situations and circumstances that we find ourselves in. And He's also able to do things about them because he is a great and awesome and powerful God. And this morning, if you're struggling, this morning, if you're cast down, this morning, if you're facing difficulties that no one else knows about, cast them upon the Lord himself. He upholds those who are falling. He raises up those who are bowed down. And you know what? Even to the people this morning who deny his existence, who spit his name into the ground, God sends the sun and the rain on the righteous and the unrighteous, gives the breath to breathe to those who even mock and destroy his name this morning because he's a God who gives us common grace and compassion to this world that he has made. Our God is great. Our God is gracious. Our God is good. And finally, our God is gathering And I know I may be stretching the alliteration slightly there, but look what he says in verses 18 and 19. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He he fulfills the desire of those who fear him. He also hears their cry and saves them. You see, that eternal kingdom that the psalmist speaks about earlier is not a physical one. It's one that's made up of men and women like you and I who God is gathering to himself from every kindred and tribe and tongue and nation, a people for himself 
who will worship him as the psalmist says forever and ever in that new heaven and new earth where there will be no more suffering, where there will be no more sickness, where there will be no more COVID and masks and everything else. There will be no more disease and there will be no more death. Ruth Daunt will be out of business. He won't have a job. There will be no doctors in heaven. There will be no need for undertakers, funeral parlors all over. And the old order of things will have passed away. And friends, we're going to be there, not just for an hour or two on a Sunday morning. We're going to be there forever. Hallelujah. And all possible because of what the Lord Jesus Christ has done. Muhammad Ali, some of you maybe are too young to remember him. Brendan was probably born before he was, I'm not sure. No, no. Um, (laughs) Muhammad Ali used to say, I am the king. I am the king. And Elvis Presley was called the king of rock and roll. But brothers and sisters, we're here this morning to worship one who is the king of kings and lord of lords. The one who one day, and we've sung it already, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is lord to the glory of God the Father. And mission is about calling people to come and worship and acknowledge our great and gracious and good God. And to see God gathering other people here in Passage West to himself. Because the psalmist says, the Lord is near to all who call on him. To all who call on him in truth. So if you're here this morning. And you haven't come to Christ. You haven't put your faith in him. And you think to yourself, you know what, I'm okay, I don't need a savior. The reality is, you've misdiagnosed the problem. God knows who you are. God knows you need a Savior. That's why Jesus came. And if you come and acknowledge your sin to Him, you're not telling God anything He doesn't know already. Because He knows everything about you. But if you come to Him in truth, acknowledging your need of Him, call unto God, come to Christ, He will listen. He will hear. The Lord is near to all who call on Him, to all who call on Him in truth. He fulfills the desire of those who fear Him. He also hears their cry and saves them. And He can save you today. He can save you right now. Call upon Him. Turn to Him today. The Bible says now is the day of salvation. Call on him while you can. Ask God to save you and to bring you into his eternal kingdom. And be part then of that great number that the psalmist says at the very end of the psalm. Let all flesh or let all people bless his holy name forever and ever. I trust that you will. And I trust that God will bring you to himself in his goodness and grace. I've got five minutes left. So let me tell you briefly about Baptist missions and what we're seeking to do. Um, You can pray for this young lady coming up on the screen now uh, called Joanne. She is my personal assistant who works behind the scenes in the office. She's the person who tries to keep me where I'm supposed to be at the time I'm supposed to be at it and so forth. And she has a difficult job doing that alone. So pray for her and the work that she does quietly behind the scenes. Um, She's just a real asset and I could not do what I do without her. She's a fantastic administrator and uh, pray for Joanne, please. Can I tell you this morning too, though, here in Passage, you may think, hey, we're a pretty young church. We only formed in May. 
But actually, you're not the youngest church on the island of Ireland this morning. There are two churches that have come into existence after this church here in Passage Life. One is a church called Katie or Kedi. If you're from Kedi, you pronounce it Kedi. If you're not from Kedi, most people call it Katie, all right? In County Armagh, which back during the Troubles was a very dangerous and difficult part of the world for gospel ministry. But God has raised up a group of people who are worshipping him together in the town of Kedi. That church was formed on the 5th of September. So listen, Passage, actually, you're quite old, really, as uh, churches go, all right? Um, And uh, last Saturday week, the 18th of September, I had the joy of being in Belturbet in County Cavan, and there, a new church was formed in Belturbet and County Cavan as well. Um, and again, we had the privilege of a mission of partnering with the Cavan Church, which itself had been formed in 1993 in partnership with Baptist Missions. We had the joy of uh, supporting Joel and Katja uh, uh, Marcus. And uh, they've got two boys, uh, yeah, and there are three boys uh, in that photograph um, as they seek to work for the gospel there. Will you pray for them in Belturbet? And I've actually brought prayer cards of Joel and Cathy with me this morning, and they're on the back table along with a lot of other material, and i mention that in a minute. Will you pray for them and pray that God would add to their number in Belturbet as he would add to your group here in uh, Passage West? But it's a real joy to see what God has been doing, partnering together with the work of God. Now, I know there's a one or two Brazilians here this morning, all right? Um, and... Uh, you guys know, yes, Brazil's a massive country. Ireland is only a little speck uh, in comparison to Brazil. And we have a family actually serving with Baptist Missions, uh, not in Brazil, but their wife is from Brazil. So I wonder, can you pick out who the Brazilian is? Well, it's fairly obvious if it's the husband or wife, it's the guy, the lady on the left, all right? Uh, uh, her name is Rosalia. She's from Brazil. Her husband's from Scotland originally. And uh, they've been serving God in Spain with Baptist Missions for the last... Uh, 15 years or so. They're back home in Ireland at the moment for a bit of uh, or and or, shall we say, a bit of rest and recuperation. They're preparing to go back to Spain in a couple of years. Their daughter, Natalie, on the right, uh, has just started a new school here in Ireland. Um, and uh, she's adjusting to the temperature. And uh, she's adjusting to wearing her skirt to school because she'd never had to do that in Spain before. And uh, she's been told she's not to go to Spanish classes because she knows it all already. But pray for her. She sells into her new school. Their daughter, Rebecca, is serving on the OM ship Logos Hope. And she's somewhere, I think, in the Caribbean at the moment. It's a hard life, isn't it? Um, uh, so, uh, but pray, uh, pray for her and the work that she's seeking to do. But pray for them and ultimately pray that God equip them and prepare them for going back uh, to Spain uh, in a couple of years' time. I want to tell you briefly about Peru as well because I know obviously the Brazilian connection, obviously Peru is a good way away from Brazil. But um, as a mission, we have been sending missionaries to Peru since 1927. Um, back in the early 1900s, uh, the, the continent of South America was seen as a place where missionaries had neglected in terms of bringing the gospel to. And some of you, who's watched Paddington Bear? Who's ever seen the film Paddington Bear? Well, okay, well, where does Paddington Bear come from? Darkest Peru, perfect answer, darkest Peru. Uh, and so almost a 100 years ago, men and women left these shores here in Ireland. Some of them actually lived in the very northern part of the north of Ireland, uh, 
right at the tip of the island of Ireland, up near the Giant's Causeway, if you've ever been there. And God took them to the very north of Ireland, to the very south of Peru, uh, where they worked there. And today, there are 120 Baptist churches, like this one here in Passage, uh, up in the high Sierra in Peru, 13, 14, 15,000 feet above sea level. I've been there. It's very... Think about you can't breathe with your mask on. You can't breathe whether you're wearing a mask or not at that altitude because there's no oxygen in the air. Um, but those missionaries went in more difficult and dangerous times than it is today. They took them seven weeks. I complained, 12-hour flight to Peru. Took them seven weeks in a boat to get there. Um, but they went and they preached and they made Christ known. They spoke about our great and gracious and good and gathering God. And you know what? There are now churches there today doing what we've done here this morning, praising and worshiping God together. Will you pray now that the work, if you like, that we're involved in as a mission is now centered in the very uh, the cities down in the coastal area. The city of Tacton is one of our main places. We've got about 13 um, workers that we support in Peru. We have one missionary couple left from Ireland, but actually the rest of the people who serve in Peru are actually all now first culture Peruvians. Uh, and we praise God for that. So we have people involved. We've got a seminary in Peru. We've got a radio station in Peru that broadcasts the gospel 24 hours a day. We've got a camp center in Peru as well that they hope to have their summer camps. Now, the folks from Brazil will know this. When are summer camps, do you reckon, in Peru, can anybody tell me? No Brazilians are allowed to answer. When are summer camps in Peru? December? Close, Steve, close. They're in January and February. Think, well, it's freezing cold in January and February. Well, it's not actually in the southern hemisphere. That's summertime. So pray, please, will you, that those camps will be able to go ahead uh, next summer in the camp center in Peru. Um, but we've got about 13 families in Peru that we support uh, financially. A man uh, like this a couple here, Elisario and Esther Vargas, um, a lovely story really that her, Esther's mother was converted through earlier missionaries from Baptist missions who went out to Peru in the 1930s and 40s. Her mum was converted through them and that Elisario now pastors a church called Panda Vida, which is Bread of Life a Church in the city of Tacna. And they're involved, a bit like pa- Douglas the Passage, the Panda Vida Church actually has three church plants on the go um, and Elisario would like to have six or ten or 20, all right, um, but the moment we're restricting him to three, on his tombstone, there's going to be the words, if I have anything, well, he'll probably go, I'll probably go to glory before him, but on his tombstone should read, this man tried to plant too many churches, okay? Um, but that's what he's seeking to do. So will you pray for them? And again, I've left prayer cards on the back of the table of Elisari and his wife, Esther. Pray for them, please. Flick on, and I'll finish as quick as I can, because I know I've gone over time now, so I don't want to take up my time. Let's go to the land of France, uh, finally, this morning. Um, I don't know if any of you have maybe gone to France on holidays. We all like French food. We like the French weather, etc. Um, there are 60 million people living in France this morning. There are six million Muslims living in France this morning. There are about two and a half thousand pastors in France this morning. There are 100,000 mediums. I'm conscious there are children here, so I'm not going to go into detail. France is a dark place. We're less than, less than about 1.5% of the population would claim to be born again believers. So there's vast areas of suburban France and towns and villages in France where as far as we know, there's no gathering like this where people are gathering together to worship the risen Lord Jesus. Back in July of this year, we sent a family from County Kildare. Uh, they're the first couple from the Republic of Ireland to ever leave these shores and serve overseas with Baptist missions in the history of the mission. And Baptist missions has been going in one form or another since 1888. 
1928, while the foreign missions have been going since 1924. So in almost a 100 years, sadly, I would say, and to our shame, as somebody who's from uh, Dublin, um, they're the first couple to leave these shores and to go overseas. Now, I hope they're the first of many. But I'm going to ask you to pray uh, for this family today. Now, who would like to know what's in my box? Would anybody like to know? You'd like to know? You'd like to know? Are you sure? Actually, you don't bother. I'll look, I'll, another time will do and I'll tell you. Is that, would that be all right? Are you sure? Now, look, it's not very exciting. I wonder, can you guess? It's, there's something that you would, you would take off and put on. A scarf, good guess, but it's not a scarf. A hat, even better guess, but not a hat either. A coat, no. It's actually something that you can't really leave home without. Yes? A key. Well, yes, but a, a key is good. But something you wear. There's another clue. Shoes. Almost right, but not quite shoes. Something close to shoes or, or a kind of a shoe. I'll, I'll give Steve a minute ago. Boots. You're kind of going the wrong way. Not boots. But not as big as boots. Yes. Socks. No, you've gone off track now. Come back over. Come back over. Sandals. Wow, what a man. Give Simon a big clap. Look, I've got a very expensive pair of sandals here. Uh, so now these are one of my sandals, or one of the sa- my sandals right now. Now, what are you going to do for me before I leave this afternoon? Simeon, 10 out of 10, remind me to, now who's going to remind me to bring my sandals home? Okay, don't let me forget my sandals. Sure you won't? Now if I'm gone and they're sitting there, you've all failed, you'll have made me forget my sandals. And I'll be halfway up the road, and I'll go, oh no, I left those expensive, glorious pair of sandals uh, in passage, what will I do without them? Well here's the thing. Even more so than not forgetting my sandals, or forgetting to tell me not to forget my sandals. Can I ask you to church this morning? Please don't forget the sandals on the screen. The sandal family. And they've got three girls. Maybe just go back to them for a moment, Helen, if you would. They've got three young girls. Similar age as some of you here this morning. They've got a daughter called Eva, who's 11. They've got a daughter called Emma, who's 10. And they've got a daughter called Abby, who's 8. 11, 10, and 8. Now, boys and girls, some of you have gone back to school recently, and I know school wasn't on much over the last year and a half or so. But it can be strange, particularly if you're going to a new school. It can be hard, can't it? Going to a new school, new classroom. Maybe some of you have moved classroom and moved teacher this year. It can all be a bit strange and a bit new. Who's, anybody started a new school this year for the first time? No? Okay. But it can be strange, can't it? Well, these three girls have gone to live in France. They don't have any friends. They don't have any family. They don't know anybody in their class and in their school. But you know what else? Everybody in their school is speaking French. And they don't have a lot of French either. So it's very difficult and hard. Will you pray for them, for Eva, Emma and Abby? Mervyn, don't forget your sandals. Passage Baptist, please don't forget these sandals. And you pray for them and pray that God would help them to settle into the land of France. Mum and dad are trying to learn the language as well. I reckon by Easter time, Eva, Emma and Abby will be fairly fluent because 
The younger you are, I'm trying to learn Spanish. I've been learning it badly for the last six years or so. And it's two steps forward, three steps back. Um, you know, but I reckon the kids will grasp it very quick. Will you pray for mom and dad, David and Hannah, that God will enable them uh, to get this, get their French down and uh, be, be a blessing. Now, here's the thing. They've already met people from Somalia, from Afghanistan, from Jordan, and yes, French people as well where they're living in a little town called Eglaton, almost in the center of France. And don't envy them too much because it gets very cold there in the wintertime. And, and it rains almost the same amount as it rains here in Ireland. Um, but will you pray for them and pray that God will help them and bless them and enable them to do the work that he's called them to. I'm going to finish now because I have gone over my time, but here's what I want to do. Friends, Whatever about forgetting my sandals, I want to go back this afternoon with nothing else really that's in this room today in my car. And I've brought a number of things with me and they're all free and I'd like you all to take one. First of all, boys and girls, for being so good and for listening so well this morning, there's a free bookmark for all of you on the back table and a free pen to go with it, okay? So make sure you get a free pen, a free bookmark and this will help you to remember uh, to pray for the sandals. And mums and dads, you can have them as well. In the Association of Churches, we produce a magazine every two months called Insight. And really the idea is to give you an insight into what's going on, what God is doing through the other churches on the island of Ireland, what he's doing through Baptist missions in terms of France, Peru, Ireland and Spain, uh, what's going on in the Baptist college through women, through youth. There's actually a kids page. So children, if you're into stuff, there's actually a kids connect now inside here. So... If you want to get this, make sure mum and dad lift the magazine and there's stuff to fill in and colour in and all the rest. Um, and I've brought a selection of these magazines with me today. This one here is on the theme of the Lord's Prayer. The latest one is on the theme of Majestic. It's speaking and telling us a little bit more about what the first books of First and Second Kings are about. There's another one that's on the subject of the Ascension, um, Jesus rising uh, up into heaven. Uh, if you'd like to know more about that, then feel free to take one or all of whatever the magazines are there. They're absolutely free of charge. Normally, if you subscribe to the magazine through your church, you can get them for about... They, they work at it about less than €2.50 a month. Okay? So if you, you get six magazines a year. Roughly, roughly works out about €2.50 a month. So maybe take one today and see if you find it interesting and helpful. And if you do, then you can subscribe and talk to Brendan or whoever and get a copy of the magazine. Inside the magazine, but there's a few extra copies of this on the table as well, we have a prayer diary, which basically takes you through each of the churches in the association, all the Baptist missions workers. Shane Luana are listed here, and we pray for them. People pray for them. There's, well, there's people who pray for Shane Luana and you guys here in Passage every day. And there's people then who take the way through the prayer diary and pray uh, throughout the month uh, for people in different contexts. And finally, as well as El Sario and some of the other people I mentioned, I have brought prayer cards for the Sandal family today. Um, I'm, I, would, I would love, but it's your decision and your members meeting later on, but I'd like you all, boys and girls as well, you can take one of these home with you today and maybe put it in your Bible or put it by your bedside. And I'd love for everybody in Passage Baptist to be praying for David and Hannah, yes, but also praying for Eva and Emma and Abby uh, as they start school and uh, begin to settle into life in France. Thank you for your time and patience, Shane. I'm sorry for going on. I'm going to hand back uh, to you now, brother. Thank you.